0: Welcome to the Journey Express, where we talk about faith, friendship, and the more of God. I'm Mel Boyd, and with me is my friend and co host, Jen Houston. Hey, Mel. Hey, everybody. So today we have a really special friend with us, Jen. Both Jen and I have known her for about eight years, and we met through our previous church, and she has been for both of us. Individually and through ministry, I would say one of our biggest encouragers. Mm-hmm. And she is such a treasure. And she is here with us to share her journey. Welcome, Laura, to the Journey Expressed.
1: Hey, guys. I'm just beyond honored to not only be here with you today, but for both of your friendships over the years and just how each of you has just really poured into my life with such inspiration and edification in Christ. And I Yeah, so I'm just, thank you for having me. Yes, well, we're excited.
0: A little bit of a backstory is, you know, Jen and I, um, in the Journey Express, we have done a re-series, all our re-words, and one of those words that came up when we were talking about it was redemption, and right away, it was like, Laura, Laura, her story, and you'll hear it, our listeners, that it really is such a, a story of redemption and hope. Um, So is there anything, Jen, that you want to add to that?
2: Um, Laura is truly what Mel already said. Laura, you are such an encourager and so faithful, um, really, to listen to these conversations, to just lift us up and give us strength to keep on keeping on. Like, that's what your encouragement has done for us. And we're so grateful. But also for our listeners, Laura carries this gift of excellence. And it is like... Anybody can see that, just the way she communicates, the way that she's able to um, thread a story together, the way that she executes women's retreats, okay? So let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) I mean, like, honestly, we worked together in church ministry before, and we did – put a huge burden on Laura to do a women's <laughs> retreat with us. And she was amazing, yes. like amazing. Everything you do, Laura, is with excellence. And we just bless you with that. But Thanks. we're honored to have you come join us again in this little ministry moment. But um thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, guys. So as we kind of have introduced you a little bit, Laura, I want to hear you talk for just a second and give our listeners a sneak peek into like who you are. And so we have a fun question to ask you first before we get into the depths of your story. What what is your favorite creature comfort?
1: Ooh. Well, Honestly, outside of probably the more common answer of having my morning coffee and enjoying that, um, this may sound a little bit like quirky, but I absolutely love having warm feet. I know this is really weird, but even as a kid, I used to put a blanket over our register in our house, our heat register, and just let my feet sit in there and just toast. <laughs> and yeah. Um, So I'm kind of like a huge uh, sucker for some good slippers, um, socks in bed and even even a heating blanket Mm -hmm. in the covers to keep my feet warm. Um, And this is all despite the fact that I live in, you know, currently about 80 degree temps year round by the beach (laughs) and my husband thinks I'm probably a little nuts, but it's my thing. That's so cute. I love
0: it. Oh my goodness. That's so fun. What are your favorite slippers by the way? Just to oh, give yeah. a little, little yes. tip here.
1: Ooh, um, it's good. I have a mixture to be honest. I have some like, you know, some, some of the Ugg ones that are ankle for the winter. If it's, you know, I want a really warm thing, but I have just like Amazon cushy, like, you know, foam slippers that I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I can always, Toss you some links if you need to. Toss, oh, yeah. toss the links, <laughs> girl. Yes, please.
2: <laughs> awesome. That's so fun. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for going with us there. <laughs> yes,
0: I love it. So, Laura, you are a woman. Um, I love this this phrase of grit and grace. And your story, as we've already said, is profound redemption and God's healing, which really, as Jen and I have heard your story And it's brought such hope to us Mm -hmm. as we've grown in friendship with you. And we wanted our listeners to hear how the Lord has met you through some incredibly challenging and traumatic times in your life, which includes your experience during the Columbine shooting and as well as walking through a painful divorce and really how that leads to your present story. So, Laura, before we go into that, can you just start by telling us about you right now?
1: Sure, guys. Um, Well, as you guys mentioned, all three of us met in Charlotte, where the Lord called me to seminary for Christian counseling. And um, that was after a long kind of move, you know, from Vanderbilt in Nashville, where I started out wanting to pursue psychology in the first place. Um, My heart had always kind of had a bent towards that, given my past. Um, but somehow I was steered away in the college um, time into the direction of law. And so I got a different degree. Um, but neither here nor there. I lived there for in Nashville for about 12 years where I worked for a private equity firm as an asset manager which required tons of travel. And then I got into consulting and was in a consulting role for about 10 years after that. So when I turned 30 and I was single, um, that that was kind of a really break point where I said, all right, why not, God? I'm gonna finally pursue this dream and move to Charlotte um, to enroll in Christian counseling school and to get my master's degree at Gordon-Conwell Seminary. So um, I was there for a bit, But then I relinquished my role as a working woman when my husband, Nick, and I had our first child prematurely due to preeclampsia at 32 weeks. He was tiny, three pounds, five ounces, and required speech, occupational, physical therapy. And so I stepped back to invest in my family and his well-being and development. Um, And so then, you know, as the global pandemic hit, we moved from Charlotte. Down to Bluffton, South Carolina, which is just outside of Hilton Head, um, and my husband owns a small business here. Previously, he was traveling quite a bit um, to and from Charlotte to Bluffton, and so we moved down to be together in quarantine. And here we are, still in the Low Country, um, almost three years later, and having we've had one child, another child, Eden, um, and she is our sweet delight. So we've got the family of four down here in Bluffton.
0: Wow. Well, first of all, I can't believe that it's been three years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. You guys moved. But, um, and also my family, we've been able to come visit a couple times when we've, you know, been doing some different things and come through and seen you. And they have a beautiful home, beautiful family.
2: So, beautiful oh area. Gosh. It's all what beautiful. You <laughs> Your family is literally like calendar, like, yes, gap, true, like, just whatever. Like, y'all wow. are beautiful from the inside out, Laura, truly. Y'all yes. are just wow. so beautiful.
1: You're so sweet. I mean, if you meet, wait till you get to be around Evan in person and you'll think he's a firecracker. Mel
0: knows the story. Hey, that's gonna, Lord's gonna (laughs) use that girlfriend. (laughs) So let's start with your experience through the Columbine tragedy. Laura, when we were talking the other day, you had mentioned that God has given you a phrase in these events and that phrase is, this is not your story. So can you share more about that with us? and our listeners sure
1: sure yeah um well let me just take us kind of back to that day which was April 20th 1999 it feels like forever ago now but on that day um well let's start the night before I was talking to my best friend Patrick Ireland on the phone um in the good old days with the phones that plugged into the wall no (laughs) no cell phones, um and had said hey I should probably let you go Um, I don't want to you know, keep you up if you have homework that you need to finish. And he said, let's just do it in a library tomorrow. I said, okay. So we had tentative plans to meet in a library. And that day, right before my lunch hour, where we were going to meet, I decided to take my books down to my car to try to run into um, the guy that I went to prom with that Saturday before (laughs) was kind of a first date. So I was like, hopefully I'll meet him. And I didn't see him um, in that happenstance moment, but I ran into a couple of girls who invited me to lunch, um, and I said, no, I can't, and and they said, come on, we're going to McDonald's, and I was like, I can't eat that, because I was deciding between um, which colleges I was going to go to, and had an ulcer, I was all stressed out, so I was like, nope, can't eat that, and We went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, I just said, okay. And I just tossed it up in the air and went out the doors with them and took my books with me, which was very uncharacteristic of my personality. Hmm. So, of course, didn't have any way to communicate with my friend that I wasn't going to meet him in the library. But as we left the school just a couple minutes later is when the shooting started and a lot of the shooting was focused in the library where my best friend pat ireland was actually shot in the head where he now has a bullet lodged against the back of his school um Mm -hmm. and individuals at the table that he was at were also injured one of which his name is Corey, passed and was shot nine times in his chest so i would have been sitting at that table with those friends in that moment mm. but as you said Mel um God set me aside on that day and he kind of said to me this is not your story um but that, all of that with you know paired with fam- a family background that's a little bit um hard led me to want to scoot out of Colorado and really never look back. So um, I pushed on this college where I ended up committing to Vanderbilt, uh, received a soccer scholarship, and, you know, that was where I accepted Christ. It was um, in the South. I had a lot of girlfriends on the team pushing me to go to church, and there were a lot of circumstances swirling in my life that really led for me to have a very real understanding and revelation from God that I wasn't in control and to be aware of him and His omnipotence. Hmm. So those things were my parents' divorce. Um, I was in a you know first love relationship with um, a guy that you know wasn't really working out and we broke up. I ended up tearing my ACL LCL and lateral meniscus in my knee and I was wow. required to have surgery, so that was really putting me on a bench with soccer. And I was so used to getting good grades in high school and, you know, the, the college academics at a top 20 institution were coming at me hard with the added responsibility of soccer and all of the emotional heaviness that I was carrying as well. So mm-hmm. it was a really real, I came to realize in that moment that I had absolutely zero control. I was trying to control everything and that was where I got down on my knees and I accepted Christ mm-hmm. as a sophomore in college.
2: Wow. 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 Well, one of the details of your story, I, I know I've heard this several times, but it's hitting close to home for me. But I, I just didn't realize that you were more of like adult age when your parents got divorced. Is that mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually a sophomore in college, and that was tough, you know, to witness my parents um, walking through the kind of break that they had. Honestly. Growing up with our family life, it was evident that that would happen at some point, Mm -hmm. but um, we were kind of just waiting, and I think they wanted to wait until we got into college um, so that we were, quote-unquote, off to a better start, but I think witnessing some of what we had in our home really led for me to kind of head out um, to Nashville, and, you know, that's where I kind of started some prodigal moments. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. I, you shared some some of this with us on the phone the other day, and um, mm-hmm. can you share with our listeners, Laura, how God really led you um, through that divorce, and there really was a, a redemption in, in family relationships through that? Can you talk more about that?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I'm going to go back. After receiving Christ, I really needed mentorship in my life. Um, I just... I needed to be able to witness, you know, someone else walking through life journeys that, you know, so I could have a view of what that looked like because I was not raised in a Christian household. Um, so I needed to see what, you know, a Christian mother and a Christian wife and a Christian father and all those things looked like. But the church that I was attending in Nashville was primarily like peer level. So, um, at that time, I, it was in my mid-20s, I was really praying for the Lord to gift me a church that had a lot of mentorship in it, a lot of elders that I could look up to and really glean insight from, um, and I also became acutely aware of the fact that I was idolizing marriage. Um, mm-hmm. I had, you know, I was dating guys in my mid-20s, and I... I realized that I was really leaning heavily on what it was to be married because I felt as though that was going to fix everything from my past. Hmm. And so um, it was really not until I was about 30 years old when God answered the prayer for the removal of that idolatry of a marriage of a man Um, And it just wasn't really in the way that I thought it would be. I thought God would just pluck that right out of my heart with no pain and be real simple. But um, it ended up being extremely challenging. I met a man on Christian Mingle and um, we dated for uh, about 10 months kind of at a distance and then moved to the same city. When we moved to the same city, we got engaged three months later. So it was very quick Um, and we were engaged for about a year and a half. Through that process, some red flags started evidencing themselves, um, but the train was already moving, and I chose to bypass them at the time. So we ended up getting married, um, and ironically, on our honeymoon, the last day of our honeymoon was 15 years to the day of the Columbine High School tragedy. Um, And it was on that day that I found out that my then-husband Um, was cheating on me and we came home from that honeymoon and I found many different relationships that he had been entertaining while we were engaged and dating and so it was a real um, shock and Mm -hmm. it definitely took my heart by storm and there was a lot of unraveling that started to happen Um, and that was a season that God showed me that he was my rescuer Um, Mm -hmm. really it was a breakdown and um really i had felt as though i hit rock bottom and as i don't know if anybody knows this but in north carolina once you file for separation you have to wait a year um until you can actually file for divorce and so our separation date became again april 20th the 15 year anniversary um and i never lived with that man wow, so yeah. we you know we're married for over a year, but, um, I had never lived with him. And so this was a breakdown point. Uh, I moved home to be with my family. I was kind of, you know, like, as I had mentioned, somewhat of a prodigal wanting to run away from my past because it was heavy. Mm. And I ended up moving back and lived with my father for a season of about five months. And it was in that time that the Lord really redeemed that relationship. Um, It was a gifted season I wouldn't have had otherwise, but because my dad was military and very stoic, um, he and I did not have this really deep emotional connection when I was a child and I so yearned for that. Um, And it was here in my 30s that my, my dad would sit with me and listen to my heart and he would kiss me on my forehead and give me hugs and really it was at that moment um, that the Lord was showing me here he is, this is what you've wanted all, all of your life. Um, and I was able to unpack a lot of who he is and he was able to know my heart more. And so there was a lot of redemption that took place in that specific time, um, which really felt like a gift from the Lord, um, in that season. And not only in just that relationship, but with my sister and my mother, um, the Lord really led me to want to pursue them and to own being a prodigal to them in this world. So it was during that season that I wrote them letters and asked them for forgiveness um, because the Lord was really doing a work in my heart to truly understand what it was to forgive. I was, yeah, I was set with this task to let this man really walk out of my life with all these hard, hard pains that he caused but I didn't really understand what forgiveness was. So the Lord was showing me, I forgive you, honey. Um, and you need to forgive all of the people in your life that you've, you know, received hurt from. So Mm. until that point, I really thought I had forgiven my family for certain things and other people in my life. But he took me on a journey of really reaching out to own my wrongs and to ask for forgiveness in those relationships as well. So, um, he gave me healing over past hurts and he truly washed white the relationships in my family.
2: Wow. It's amazing. Well, when you forgive someone, it's like you're not letting them off the hook. Like they still cause pain, but you are releasing yourself from the power of whatever pain would continue on. You know, that unforgiveness would just allow the pain to be relived and relived and relived. Like I know um, David Chadwick says it's like drinking poison wishing mm-hmm. the other person would die and i've i've right. experienced that moment of true forgiveness and i'm sure you would say it be similar like you feel like you take off this heavy cloak that mm-hmm. you never knew mm-hmm. you were wearing and it's like you could see clearly again and dream and like come back to life and that is a powerful moment i think to experience mm-hmm. Wow. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, also Laura, what's standing out to me too in this story is just your your self awareness, you know, that the Lord I know is just with you so closely, but just how you really were like, Okay, Lord, I'm I'm doing it, you know, and your obedience and your surrender to him is really coming through too as you're sharing your story. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah,
1: I was really holding fast to um Joel 225, really, which is, you know, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Um, My heart was really broken in that time. I was yearning for marriage and babies. And here I was in my mid thirties, so fearful that I would never have the opportunity to have children and a family. And I was feeling as though time was really passing, you know, the season where I could have kids. And so it really forced me into a position to turn to the Lord and just full, full, flat on my face, just God, you know, just change my heart, pull anything that is not right out of it. And I just want your will for my life. And Mm. here I am, just, just let's do it. Mm. Wow.
2: You're all in. And that's what goes back (laughs) to my opening comments of what you do, Laura, in life is you do everything with excellence and even your relationship with God. It's like, you weren't just like needing this coddling into the kingdom. It was like, nope, that's truth. That's where I'm going. And it's like you're all in, and your walk with the Lord has been excellent. And yes. mm. I feel like he's saying, well done. I'm pleased with you, Laura. Mm. So, Thanks. yeah. Yeah, I'd love to I'd love for you to go back and keep on this timeline. I told you all listeners that she's so articulate and <laughs> just so well spoken. Just keep on telling us your story <laughs> and I feel like this is the this is the crossroads where we actually came into friendship. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yep. So God um planted me at, at the church that we met at and I was on a really swift path to healing at that time. Like he really had me I made a choice actually. And I said, anything that anybody asked me to do, I'm in, I will say yes to you. I will in the church, I will commit to doing it. And so I really put myself into the church. I planted hard. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to get to know everybody. Um, and it was honestly such a healing experience because our church, you know, had a healing ministry. Um, and it was, it was there that the Lord kind of filleted me like a fish so to speak and completely cleaned me out and gutted me it was not just part just all of me he 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 just gutted me and um so he was continuing to show me who i was in his eyes um and he took me to first samuel 7 where samuel memorializes the victory that god gave the israelites over the philistines with the ebenezer stone and that stone is the stone of help. And it really, that, that was kind of a huge revelation for me, a um, really poignant. He, it resonated deep in my soul, you know, to make note of the moments that God gave victory. Hmm. And so it's been one of my missions to always journal about, you know, the victories that God has given me in my story and to encourage others to do the same. Because, you know, when you're speaking with people, everybody walks through pain mm-hmm. but if they can hear how the lord pulled you out of that it's really inspirational and it's so helpful for someone that's really in the trenches mm-hmm. yeah so um it it's really it became a, a a really beautiful moment with me and god of understanding okay hey like yes i want to mark these victories and it was also in that season where The Lord showed me, I had never looked up my name meaning. And so it was an odd moment, but I looked it up and he showed me that my name is a derivative of laurel, which is the plant that was used to make victor's crowns and given to victors. So Mm -hmm. my name is symbolic of victory. And so in that season, he showed me, hey, I knew you before you were a child. I knew you before you were born. And I knew that you'd be an overcomer and you were named for victory. You were named for victory. And um, ironically, my parents, as I mentioned, were not believers, but they gave me the middle name Eden, which means delight. And so I found such sweet comfort and understanding that the Lord saw me before I was born. He knew I was gonna walk a journey that was hard to some degree, but he had named me in advance. And that was really beautiful to me. It was a sweet comfort to understand that.
2: So this ends part one of our conversation with our friend, Laura Anselm. You won't want to miss next week when she comes back in part two to share how God has continued to show up in her life, providing redemption and restoration. Thank you so much for joining us on The Journey Express. We'll catch you next time.